12th chapter, uh, slide number 16, that he said, once more am I going to shake the heavens and the earth. And he talked about that we should serve God, that next slide, acceptably with reverent or godly fear, reverence and godly fear. And so part of giving him glory is this sense of respect. You know, uh, parents want to respect from their children. Uh, you know, we have police that want respect. Uh, presidents want respect. Congressmen want respect. Principals want respect, doctors, lawyers, butchers, bakers, candlestick makers, whatever it is. They want to have a little respect. I want to feel like you acknowledged me and you heard me and you understood me. And I talked about the shaking process, what it will do. It will wake us up. You shake a child, you know, time to get up, time to get up. You, uh, it, you know, the wind shakes a tree and removes all the dead branches and uh, it makes trees stronger, put their roots down further. It, uh, it, it can actually be used to harvest fruit or harvest uh, almonds or nuts, pecans, whatever. Uh, they can shake a tree and uh, get the fruit to fall off and it unifies things. If you uh, put in sugar in a glass and you have to either stir it up or shake it, if you have one of those energy drinks and you pour it in a bottle of water and you don't put the top back on and give it a good shake, you're going to be in for a wonderful surprise about the end of the drink. You're going to get a whole shot of heavy duty energy uh, crystals or whatever. So it unifies. And so shaking things up is not always bad. You know, it's not a, always a, a bad thing. And I, I realize it. And we um, <coughs> look at Psalms. David says, Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee. Wow, can you imagine? The Lord has goodness set aside for those that fear him. Now he's not talking about being afraid of God, but a reverential fear. And I, I realize that that's uh, a little bit of a, a, of a different concept. It, it can be... Uh, seen as awe, but it's more than just awe. Meaning I can go and look at the Grand Canyon and go, oh man, that's amazing. And I'm in awe of the Grand Canyon. Or I can look at a, a tall building and be in awe of the individuals that built that or put that together or I could be in awe of something without having a reverence or a godly fear. I, I hope that, um, you know, I, you would like to think that people that are in awe of the Grand Canyon would have enough sense not to climb over the ledges and take pictures and yet every year there are those that fall to their death 
So their awe didn't stop them from crossing the boundary. As a matter of fact, they wanted to get the perfect shot. And they wanted to be the one to kind of decide what that was. That respect, that fear. They had no fear of falling. If you could have talked to them before they stepped across the boundary and said, you're doing that and there is a calculated out the percentage of a chance that you're going to fall to your death. Many of them would say, yeah, but there's a percentage of a chance that I won't. And I'm willing to take that risk, you know? And yet, it's not because of beating your children or punishing them. There is no record that the Lord ever punished Adam for anything. There's no record. And I understand if you are abusive and, and your children are cowering in fear of you, I'm not talking about that. But there's no record that the Lord ever punished Adam. But yet, read in Genesis, the third chapter, when Adam disobeyed God, what did he do? He went and tried to hide in the garden. He tried to cover up. And in fact, you know, the Lord treated him like you would treat a three-year-old. Oh, Adam, where are you? It wasn't because God didn't know. God knows where we are. Sometimes he asks a question. It's not because he doesn't know the answer. He wants you to answer it. And, and the point was, oh, Adam, and you know what Adam read it in the third chapter in the 10th verse of Genesis. He said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid and I hid myself. What are you saying? I'm saying there, Adam hadn't been mistreated. Hadn't had, it's a natural thing when we have done wrong that we want to stay away. You wonder why folks don't come to church sometimes? Because they, huh? I don't want anybody to pray for me. I don't want anybody to see me. I, I'm not, I don't want, I'm not going to be at prayer. I, I'm not, not all the time. I know there are things that happen. People can't be here. I get that. But Adam hid in the garden. As a matter of fact, when Paul, New Testament, talked about what was missing from the society some 4,000 years after Adam, in the Romans, the third chapter, he said, there is no fear of God before their eyes. Now, that was 2,000 years ago. Guess what? 2022 is here. And there's very little fear of God in anybody's eyes. <laughs> you understand? It's I can tell a half-truth. I can tell a partial truth. I can tell a... It's a matter of fact. Dad... I had a long talk with your daughter just tonight before church. We were driving. And she said, I heard dad say that all girls are liars. And I said, well, he's right. 
So are all boys. So is everyone. And she proceeded to tell me how she overheard him talking to Jen or Levi or somebody. There are three things and I got the whole story. So see, isn't that fun? I, I, can, I can whip up on them now because I'm the grandpa. But guess what? Everybody, the works of the flesh are these. You want me to pull the Bible out and show you what the Word says? <laughs> We're all guilty. You say, oh, well, that's not me. Only if you stay full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> because otherwise it is you. A hundred percent you. It's a hundred percent me. In fact, you go all the way back to the, the, you know, the father of the faithful, Abraham. I preached about him some this morning. In fact, one place he lied to Abimelech who said, you know, is this your wife? And he goes, oh no, because he thought he would kill him and take her. So he said, oh no, she's just my sister because they were like second cousins or whatever. You read, read it in the Bible. And he's, you know, I'm going to hedge this bet. And Abimelech thinks, oh, well, I'll marry her. And then, you know, the Lord wakes him up in the night and said, don't you dare. The next morning, he runs to Abraham and he said, why didn't you tell me that was your wife? I'm planning on marrying this lady because I thought she wasn't your wife. That's in the stories in the Bible. And you know how Abraham answers him? Because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place. In other words, nobody around here respects God and they'll kill me for my wife's sake. We are living in a world that is far removed from, you know, the fear of the Lord. From the respect of law, from the respect of institutions, whether it's a judge, the Supreme Court, the this, that, whatever it is, democracy, whatever you want to fill in the blank, we are living in a world that takes everything. Amen. Paul talked about this reverence will motivate your actions. When you say, well, how am I going to delight in the Lord? How do I give Him glory? You give Him glory. Let me tell you, children, how to give your parents glory. You don't have to bring them a $5 bill. You know, if you will show them respect and honor and, and obedience, you will show your parents, you'll give them glory. I'm just telling you. You want to say, well, I will give them glory by, I will discover the cure for cancer. I will discover the, if you can't do it and maintain respect. That's what these verses are all about. Second Corinthians, the seventh chapter, first verse says, having therefore these promises dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Did you know your spirit can get nasty? You can get a bad attitude on yourself. 
You can get a depressed attitude. You can get an angry attitude. Huh? You don't have to listen to the news to get it. You can just drive down the road and somebody in the next car can pass a bad attitude right over on you. You don't even have to know their name. Huh? They give you a few little signs and honk their horn a few times. I'm not letting you in. <laughs> huh? Just an attitude. Brother Richard's going to pray for me. I'm a bad driver. He's, a, he's asking. Today I had him worshiping in the, ch in the car. Had both hands in the air. What are you saying? He said, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That's a reverence. In fact, if you ever want to read a great psalm, turn to Psalms 47. Nine verses, not long, Psalms 47. And it is a Pentecostal, apostolic, buck storting, ripping psalm. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It goes on down and says, sing praises. I blew the script. I got a shout. My Lord. They said it's time for me to quit. Turning me off. Use the wireless? All right. Use the wireless. When it goes out, we're going home. No, I'm going home before it goes out. All right. Notice what it says. Oh, clap your hands. Shout. Verse 6, he goes, sing praises, sing praises, sing praises unto God, sing praises unto the King, sing praises for the God is King of all the earth, sing praises with the understanding. God reigns over the heathen, He sits on the throne, the princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong unto God. In other words, there's no power that the Democrats, the Republicans, the America, Russia, China, fill in the blank, that is more powerful than Almighty God. But tucked away in the second verse, I skipped it. Because you know what allows you to worship this way? Notice verse 2. For the Lord most high is terrible, awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. What are you saying? I am here to tell you that it, you know what? If you really want to do right, 
If you really want to do what the Lord, you say, I want to delight in the Lord. I want to do. Then you're going to have to worship, but the core of it. It can't be from the teeth out. It can't be, you know, It's got to start from a godly, reverential fear. And the Lord knows the difference. And believe it or not, most folks do too. Huh? We've all seen folks and they can do the hands. They can shed a tear. But there was no fear of God. No reverence. And what David said was to do right. You really, all of this starts from the heart when you're going, oh Lord, I, I want to reverence you. What, what, are you. what are you talking about? And I know, I, I, I realize. I, uh, okay, now we're, we're popping some more. I don't know if it's raining or me or what, but hallelujah. I, I, let me just go over a couple more scriptures and I'll stop. I can finish this Wednesday night. But, but notice, notice what happened in Genesis. Um, about Jacob, just to give you an idea. Jacob, you know, was a liar, a cheat, a conniver. He was all of that. He was able to... And I, I want us to come with a godly fear. Lord, I want to do right. I want to do right. You say, well, are you perfect? No, I'm not perfect. 